This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 132-inch. On this week's episode, we spill the beans on our Weird Al-related trip to Los Angeles to see Weird Al perform as part of Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas live-to-film concert experience. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al it's a podcast about Weird Al. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave, we are still home, back from our trip, and just in time for our 11-foot episode. Wow, 11-foot episode. So let's see, that must mean that this is episode 132-inch. Yes, that's absolutely right. Now, the way I was always taught to remember is you take the 1, and then you take the 3 and subtract the 2, and then you have two 1s left, so 11. And what do those 1s need? They need shoes. That's right. Shoes for their... Feet. Absolutely. That's a little unorthodox way to do it. Where were you taught that? Oh, uh, back in college. Oh, so did you go to college for teaching elementary school? Nope. Okay, well, anyway, it was so great to talk to Splash Markerman last week. Uh, Scott Ackerman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was also such an honor to be retweeted by the official Comedy Bang Bang Twitter account as well. So pretty stinking majestic. And you know, whenever I hear Bang Bang, it reminds me of another pair of repeated B words. This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York. Home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burrito and wizard burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say, beefy vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit BurritoSquared.com and WizardBurger.com to order ahead. Well, Ethan, I can't wait for us to tell everyone all about our incredible, pretty stinking majestic trip to Los Angeles to see The Nightmare Before Christmas and all that other stuff we did. Oh, I can't wait either, Dave. But before we talk about our incredible and pretty stinking majestic trip to Los Angeles to see The Nightmare Before Christmas and all that other stuff we did, it's time for This Week in Weird Al Related News! Edgar Wright's documentary about Sparks, the Sparks Brothers, is now available to stream on Netflix. And if you have yet to purchase the Blu-ray, you can now see one of these special bonus features as Weird Al has posted the video of his one-take accordion cover of Sparks' This Town Ain't Big Enough for Both of Us over on his YouTube channel. And Weird Al's at it again, donating his time to charity. The Homes for Our Troops charity is auctioning off a 30-minute Zoom phone call with Weird Al himself over on eBay right now. There are still a few days left if you're interested, but it's already going for an incredible amount, so you may have to sell some of your double-dyed Denver Mint pennies if you plan to bid. There's lots of new music coming up and dropping recently, and first we're going to talk about Barnes & Barnes. 
This past Friday, Barnes & Barnes dropped their brand new album, Pancake Dream, via Demented Punk Records. It is available now to order everywhere, but there are some extra Demented and delightful exclusives available from the Demented Punk store, store.dementedpunk.com. So once you hit store.dementedpunk.com, you'll find a Demented Punk exclusive vinyl variant edition and tons more, including a t-shirt, embroidered hat, and even enamel pins. The Demented Punk Store is also the only way to get the exclusive Pancake Dream bonus DVD, which is available only in the special bundle packs. Now, of the new album by Barnes & Barnes, Weird Al had to say, This definitely ain't fish heads. Pancake Dream finds the Brothers Barnes at their most hypnotic and avant-garde, creating lyrics and soundscapes that will forever plague my dreams and haunt my ever-waking moment. Yeah. The bundles, the vinyl variants, and the DVDs are all extremely limited, so don't wait to grab your copy of Pancake Dream at store.dementedpunk.com. And for more Barnes and Barnes goodies, catch our interview with Bill Moomy, a.k.a. Art Barnes, over on episode 84-inch. Chris Ballou has just released his 19th and final Casper Baby Pants album, Easy Breezy. Yes, and so if you don't remember, Casper Baby Pants, that's the name he releases his kids' music under. And while it's his last Casper Baby Pants album, he is sure to have new non-kids music also in the works. Head on over to babypantsmusic.com for more information on Easy Breezy. And for our interview with Chris, be sure to check out episode 50-inch. Now this is exciting. A new Frankie Yankovic collection, Songs of the Polka King, The Ultimate Collection, will be released this Friday, November 12th, on both CD and vinyl. This new release combines the two Grammy-nominated albums, Songs of the Polka King and Songs of the Polka King, Volume 2, into one handy set, and all the songs are also digitally remastered. Now, Weird Al is featured on the track, Who Stole the Kishka? So if you're a completionist like we are, this is a must-have for your Weird Al collection. Plus, it's the first time this track will be on vinyl. Drew Carey also appears on one of the songs with Frankie. Plus, a bonus for this one, he wrote the liner notes for the new release. Very cool. Now, Metal Owls, the parody album, is heading to limited edition 12-inch vinyl and is currently available for pre-order over at metalowl.bandcamp.com. Also included with orders of the vinyl is a special Christmas surprise CD single. While we have no official word what will be on that Christmas surprise CD single, we uh, think we can guess which Weird Al song or songs may be included. Now, I'm not sure if we're supposed to say anything just yet, but part of this Christmas surprise CD single may just be Dave and Ethan related. Shh! Dr. Demento's show and the Fump favorite Insane Ian's Illinois album release date has been pushed back by a month and will now be dropping on December 3rd. Be sure to pre-order that album over at insaneian.bandcamp.com for seven early tracks as well as the full bonus free live album that he recorded at Fump Fest 2021. 
Well, Ethan, I can't wait for us to tell everyone all about our incredible, pretty stinking majestic trip to Los Angeles to see The Nightmare Before Christmas and all the other stuff we did. Oh, me too, Dave. But we still need to tell everyone about this week in Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West related news. Tim Miner's new album, A Minor Family Christmas, just dropped on Monday, November 8th. The album features Kimo on the song Ohana Christmas and is available at mbk4life.com. And that's mbk, the number four, life.com. And it's that time of the year again. Kimo will be doing his annual holiday show on Saturday, December 11th at 7.30 p.m. Hollywood Star Time at Alva's Showroom in San Pedro. Tickets for the live show, as well as a virtual live stream, will be available soon. Last year, the live stream sold out, so make sure you grab your tickets early. And while we will share once we know, it's always best to join Chemo's email letter so you're the first to know when tickets go on sale. Chemo is also set to debut his own online club later this month. While we don't have all the details quite yet, it does sound pretty stinking majestic. Oh, I cannot wait. So what we do know is that it's expected to feature major discounts on merchandise, passes to online shows, and access to a vault of unreleased music, live show recordings, lesson materials, and so much more. I cannot wait for this. I cannot wait for that either, and I also can't wait to tell everyone all about our pretty stinking majestic trip to Los Angeles to see The Nightmare Before Christmas and all the other stuff we did. Well, Dave, before we get into talking about our incredible, pretty stinking majestic trip to Los Angeles to see The Nightmare Before Christmas and all that other stuff, I want to do a little bit of a prequel, if you will. Sure, why not? Let's jump right into it. Well, I think we mentioned this on the podcast, but as soon as we heard that Al was going to be doing something in Los Angeles for The Nightmare Before Christmas Film 2 screen event with Danny Elfman, you and I were pretty much like, we have to go. And so very quickly, we figured out our uh, arrangements, our flights and all that stuff uh, back when it was announced. And so that was all set in stone. We were going to fly out on the 27th. We we're going to fly home on the 2nd. That was it, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Pretty simple. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> and that should have been the case. But on Monday, October 25th, at a last-minute announcement, it was announced that Weird Al was going to be hosting an event with Bobcat Goldthwait and Dana Gold at Largo in Los Angeles on Tuesday the 26th, the day before we get in to fly out, <laughs> specifically to see Weird Al. <laughs> so as soon as I found out about this, and Dave, I don't know what you did, but I started looking into changing flights immediately, and... <laughs> It ended up being so expensive that I just I could not do it. I did buy a ticket just in case. Uh, I was able to make it work. But the flights, it was literally the flight would have cost me two times as much as I already paid for my round trip ticket just to fly out a day early. So I had to pass on it. But luckily, my ticket was able to go to Vicky DeVries Rhymes with Cheese. She got to go to the show with Jeff and Sarah, Adriana Yugovich, and... Even Summer Woods got to go, so I bet it would have been great, and uh, I was bummed to miss it, but Dave, we did not go, alas. We flew out the next day. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was crazy. The price to get out there was just way too much. And and the last minute of I couldn't make plans to change, but I was happy to get out there anyway. And I was happy to be flying on the 27th of October. I know. What better way to start a special Weird Al vacation than on the 27th? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, so... I didn't really have anything eventful happen. I had to get up at like four in the morning to catch my flight. (laughs) Yeah, me too. That was pretty not stinking majestic. But (laughs) luckily I was able to get in right around noon, right around when you did, which was very convenient since we're flying from different places. How was your flight? Oh, well, besides being way too early, it was it was um, it was okay. I mean, there were probably two weird hour related things that I can think of that actually happened on the flight. Wow. That's two more than than my flight set. <laughs> yeah, so the guy two rows in front of me was wearing black and white checkered van shoes. So that immediately <laughs> set me said, this guy's probably a Weird Al fan. He probably wasn't. I don't know. He probably was. Maybe he was a Weird Al fan. He probably wasn't coming out there for the night berry for Christmas. Well, maybe he was just a fan of like chess or checkers. and so you know how you can kind of like see through the seats on your flights and you can kind of like spy on the person in front of you you know what they're watching on the screens (laughs) well thanks for clarifying that what they're watching on the screens (laughs) you know you spy them like what they're eating what they're drinking what their nail polish color is no i know yeah when there's when there's the big screens on the yeah on the seat of course you can see it you can't not see that Right. Yeah. And it's a long flight. You got to keep yourself busy. Anyway, so the woman in the middle seat in front of me, I caught that she was watching a movie and I recognized this guy on the screen. I said, that's Brian Haley. And if you don't know who Brian Haley is, he played the hooded Avenger in the Weird Al show. So that was pretty cool. (laughs) I never did catch the name of the movie, but I just saw that Brian Haley was in it. Somewhere out there, Brian Haley got some work besides the Weird Al show. I don't know if I would have recognized him without the costume and the mask and everything. That, that's, that's a great job, Dave. <laughs> so we both got into L.A. right around the same time on the morning of the 27th or early afternoon, I suppose. And we went and got our rental car. And, you know, we didn't really have a preference. We were just like, yeah, just give us whatever. And maybe we should have had more of a preference <laughs> because we ended up with the biggest Ford Explorer I have ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) I think this thing had its own zip code. It was like the size of Montana. It was huge. (laughs) It was like a Hummer. It was just like so big, but it had all sorts of cool like technology and it was really fun to drive around in. And I think the best part was the camera so like most cars have backup cameras this had cameras from every direction and it even had like some algorithm that would give you an overhead view of the car even though there was no overhead camera it just stitched them together that way i have never seen anything like that yeah it was wild i had to look up a couple times to see if a drone was following us that's how pretty (laughs) that's how good that camera was it it was really helpful because parking that thing in between lines is nearly (laughs) impossible without 500 different cameras so they really knew what they were doing and the other cool thing about actually in retrospect getting a really huge ford explorer was that we were able to then shuttle people around easily because we had at least three rows of seats in that thing. <laughs> and room for suitcases. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. So we were staying in Pasadena, which ended up being a pretty convenient spot. 
So after we checked into our Airbnb, Dave, we had to head to this place that I found out about like six months ago and have just been like dying to go to ever since. And so literally that's the first thing we did. And the place is called Galco's Soda Pop Stop. And it is this old world type grocery store that features 700 different types of soda pop. It was insane. Yeah, it was really pretty cool place. I mean, just about any kind of soda you could ever imagine was in there and tons of sodas I had never heard of before. It was really cool. And, you know, we picked up quite a few of them, you know, for our trip out there. And we had some plans for them. We were going to record some secret episodes where we would taste test many of the sodas that we bought. Yeah. And those ended up being really fun. I was very surprised at which ones we liked and which ones we hated and which (laughs) ones we agreed on and which ones we didn't agree on. So if you are one of our Patreon supporters, we'd love you to check out Secret Episodes 19, 20, 21, and 22, where we go through all of those crazy sodas and give a raw opinion. One of them makes us, almost makes us barf. <laughs> that's, oh, that's a, that one, yes. If, if that's not a preview, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what is. You know what else was cool about that store? Not only did they just have soda, but they had all these like kind of obscure candies in there as well. And they had these two candy bars, which I'd never heard of before. And they were actually Weird Al related. One of them was called Rocky Road. And the other (laughs) one was called Idaho Spud. So addicted to spuds and I love Rocky Road. So of course we had to pick those up. We had to. There was no option in not picking those up. And maybe it's just because we're from the East Coast and they're not East Coast candy, but... I don't know. I'd never heard of them before. So I am curious if any of our listeners are familiar with Rocky Road or Idaho Spud. But if you're not, and you're a Patreon supporter, you can check out Secret Episode 22, where we actually try them and give you our opinions on them. And spoiler alert, one of them was a lot better than the other one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So at this point, we had been traveling quite a bit and we were pretty tired, but we still had plans for the evening. We actually split up. I actually went to dinner with our good friend, UH Jeff Nucera. He brought me to Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles. And that was quite an experience. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's great that he took you to a very non-vegetarian friendly place in my absence. (laughs) I'm very happy about that because I wonder what I would have eaten at Chicken and Waffles. (laughs) Well, I you guess could have eaten the waffles. Yeah, I right? guess the waffles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you do that evening, Ethan? Yeah, so I had completely different plans. We split up, and I think that's really the only time we split up the whole trip was that first night. I went and I met my friend Simone and her fiance for dinner at this little Mexican place. I don't know what it was called. But as we were walking in, a mariachi band was walking out. So that's <laughs> that's how authentic it was, and it was fantastic. Then after dinner, we head over to Dynasty Typewriter, this really cool venue in L.A., to see The Crossword Show, which our former guest, comedian Zach Sherwin from episode 90 Inch, was telling us all about. So I was really thrilled to get to see the new iteration. This was the one that he wrote throughout the pandemic and this was the i think the second time ever performing it so when my schedule lined up to be in la when this was playing it was pretty awesome so the show was incredible and afterwards i was just waiting around to see zach after the show and 
I met this guy who turned out to be Alex Kroll. And if you aren't familiar with that name, you may want to go back and check out episode 46 inch of the podcast when we interviewed Craig Billmeyer, a.k.a. Hotlicks Houlihan. And he talked about his friend Alex Kroll, who not only was a member of Your Mother and covered those Weird Al songs for that really cool EP, he did the cover art for that one, and he's also a comedian and air guitarist. So <laughs> when I <laughs> awesome. I saw him, we, we like we connected immediately. As much as we love Craig, I think everyone would love Alex. He's just a really super fun, cool guy. Uh, so it's really cool to get to meet him, get to chat with Zach a bit, and hopefully we'll get to speak to Alex on the podcast and hear about some of his other Weird Al-related things that he's done that I got to hear about. Very cool. Looking forward to that. And I'm glad you had a good time. All right, so let's move on to the next day, Thursday, October 28th. The day started out early for me. I got up and I went for a run around the neighborhood and we were staying in a pretty nice neighborhood. Every other house I was going, ooh, they've got a Tesla. Ooh, they've got a Porsche. Ooh, they've got a Tesla and a Porsche. So I was pretty happy with our Airbnb location. Well, while you were out for a run, I got a surprise call from our friend and former guest and Patreon supporter, Frank from the Bank Sanchez. He was calling to wish us a happy and fun trip and he wishes he could have been out with us. So it was really cool to get to chat with Frank from the bank Sanchez, pretty much the only good Frank that we know. (laughs) All right. So no trip to Los Angeles or the Los Angeles area is complete without a trip to 6914 Hollywood Boulevard, Weird Al Yankovic's Hollywood star. So of course we went there. Yeah. And Dave, was this the first time you were back since the ceremony? Yeah, this is the first time that I've been back to California since the Hollywood Star Ceremony way back on August 27th, 2018. So I was excited to get to see the star again, and I was excited to kind of check out and see how well it aged over the past three years. So I had seen it at the end of 2019, and I have to say, at my first impression, it looked identical to how it looked when I last saw it. Yeah, my first impression was it still looks as shiny as it was the day it was put down there. It was in great shape. So thank you to everybody out there who's helping keep that star in a very busy location looking like it's brand new. Yeah. Well, you know, even though it was new, we still have to pay our respects. So Dave, we cleaned it. There is a video on our Instagram of Dave wiping down the star (laughs) and it looks great. And we knew we were going to come back. We, we couldn't just see the Al star and depart. So before we came back to visit it, we, had, we grabbed some lunch at this ramen place. And really, our ultimate goal was to head down to the Hollywood Funko store. Oh, my. That was such a cool store. And when you said we were going to the Hollywood Funko store, I mean, I knew that they had that whole build your own Funko thing, but I expected it to be a tiny little store, which maybe had a few shelves full of, you know, Funko stuff and you would kind of, you know, be able to pick and choose a few of them. But this place was huge. It was gigantic. It was like its own little amusement park in its own way. I agree with you 100%, Dave. I did not expect what it was going to look like or the size it was going to be. Like you said, I was expecting like a a pretty small store with a couple shelves, maybe a couple exclusives. They had thousands of Funko Pops, including each theme had its own room with, you know, the walls were decorated. They had giant Funko Pops. Like you walk in, the first thing you see is this giant Groot 
and you can pose with it. It's like way taller than than I am. It's huge. And then like you look around and the you know there's like all these superheroes. There's like a whole waterfall with like Black Panther and this whole scene. And then they have like the whole Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy room where there's like Thanos and Gamora and you know Spider Man's hanging from the ceiling. They've got like a whole Justice League room with like Batman and Superman and it was insane. Like it, it honestly probably took us an hour. Or more just to walk around and see everything. Oh, easily took us that long. And just to just to put it in perspective, these figures, these giant figures that you can pose with, you can touch them and everything. They, they, they kind of encourage it. They are like eight, ten, twelve feet tall. There's like gigantic displays. There's this huge, gigantic little mermaid display which had a a full size like ship in it, you know, and there was like Jurassic Park. There was a Fred Flintstone car which you could sit in next to Fred Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> there was a whole room just full of Star Wars. There was a whole room of Harry Potter. A whole room full of Disney. It was incredible that story. It was definitely worth a stop if you're in Hollywood. Definitely worth checking that out. Yeah, and, and so Dave, you mentioned a couple of them, but we definitely felt in a very weird Al friendly location with the Jurassic park and the Flintstones. They had a big Twinkie and MTV moon Manor award, the Yodas and stuff in the star Wars room. And because we knew Al was going to be performing in the nightmare before Christmas show as the character shock, we looked for a shock Funko figure, but we did not find one. <laughs> yeah, they did. They had a few nightmare before Christmas figures, but they did not have the shock figure. And the other one that I was looking for, I noticed they had a Donald Duck figure. And I'm a big fan of Scrooge McDuck, but I could not find one in there. Oh, well, we (laughs) we took some notes of other pops that we thought may be of interest to people who are fans of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Weird Al podcast. I found two different Funko Pops, both named Big Al. The first one was Alabama Crimson Tide's mascot. And the other was just some original character by Funko. And there was another original character by Funko who went by the name of Gil as in Gil and chill as, and as much as I looked for one, I could not find a chill Funko. <laughs> there was a whole series of ramen Gudetama Funko pops. And I couldn't help but think of whatever you like. And uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the top ramen line in that. There's another really cool one. There's a, like a full-size Jungle Cruise, you know, ship of boat from the Jungle Cruise. And then if you ever saw the Jungle Cruise movie, which stars The Rock, you know, his character's name is Frank. Well, there was a, actually a Funko pop called Frank. <laughs> and also on the topic of our Horrible intern Frank. There was another Funko Pop named Frank that I saw. It was Frank Beard of ZZ Top. And there was a Frank from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So there were a a couple (laughs) representations. I didn't see any Ethan Funko Pops, Dave. (laughs) I saw a few Dave ones, but yeah, I did not see any (laughs) Ethan ones. Because there was no Ethan Funko Pop, because there was no Dave Elvis Rossi Funko Pop, we thought it would be great to check out the Build a Funko station and i believe sarah shearer who worked at funco who we interviewed back on episode 107 inch she told us that about this whole thing and ever since she told us about the build of funco i've just been so excited to actually try it myself 
Yeah, me too. I was curious to see what that was all about. And we kind of lucked out when we got there because we got there pretty late in the day. Maybe it was three o'clock or so, Hollywood start time when we got there. And we kind of expected that that whole thing would have been full and sold out by now, you know, filled up. But when we walked up to the station to sign up, the guy's like, oh, yeah, there's three spots left. <laughs> and you're going to have to wait about 45 minutes. So we... Yeah. It was a no-brainer. We were like, oh, we have to do it. We have to at least check it out. Yeah, and it was definitely not what I expected. I, I guess I was sort of expecting like a Lego store build a minifigure station where it's just you root around and you put stuff together. But it, but it's really a lot – it's a lot more sophisticated than that. So we signed up, and they only have a certain number of slots per day, and they go really quickly. So we signed up, and they give you this link for your cell phone that you check and it tells you what place in line you are. And when it's your turn, you have five minutes or you're done and they kick you out and you're screwed. <laughs> so luckily we, we were able to make it in time for five minutes and we went in and I was really planning to make an Ethan, but I was kind of disappointed with their selection of pieces. I didn't find anything that really made sense for an official Ethan Almond Funko Pop. Yeah, they did not have a great selection of choices. I will agree with you there. I mean, they're really, you know, if you wanted a basic figure, you could probably put one together. But if you're kind of looking for something really specific, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to create a pop that looks exactly what like you want it to look like. I think it's really a fun thing to be able to make up brand new characters. But if you're really trying to match someone perfectly, like if you're trying to make yourself, it's a lot more difficult. Now, there were some items that could have worked better for me, but they were just out of stock. So like black glasses, out of stock, uh, <laughs> a black T-shirt, out of stock. Like that's all I wear pretty much. <laughs> black shirt, black glasses, black hat, black pants. Uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is that they don't really give you a lot of time to choose, you know, what you want your Funko Pop to look like because they want to get as many people through that station as they possibly can. They only give you a couple minutes to kind of figure out what you want. So there's a bunch of choices and you have to kind of think quickly to put it together. So it's almost like worth it to go there once, check everything out, not make anything and kind of think about what you want and then go back later if you have that option. Yeah, I, I really wish they, they would have given us a chance to look at the pieces before it was our time, but they're very yeah. secretive about looking at it. Like, the, <laughs> the, we'll talk about it in a bit. The second day we were there, we were trying to show how it worked to our friends, and they kept yelling at us for <laughs> looking at it. So there's a few things they could do to make it a, a little bit easier, a little bit more user-friendly. But once I decided that there was no way I was making a convincing Ethan Funko, I started looking like, could I make Weird Al like in one of his costumes or could I make one of his band members? And I don't know if you found this or if I found this, Dave, but we figured out that the magic wands could look like drumsticks. And from there, we actually built a really awesome John Bermuda Schwartz Funko Pop. Yes, a very convincing Bermuda Schwartz Funko Pop. Absolutely. It came out amazing, actually. We weren't quite sure how it was going to come out because, like you said, it's kind of, you can't really see what your piece looks like until they kind of hand it to you. Yeah. How it works is you fill out an order form, you write down the part numbers that you want, and then they go off and they build it. And so you don't actually see it until after you've already paid for it and you pick up the pop. And then you can see if it looks good. So we, we took a chance. We each got a Bermuda Schwartz Funko Pop hoping it would look good. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
We thought the Funko Pop looked pretty convincing, but we wanted the official okay from John Bermuda Schwartz <laughs> himself. So we took a picture of the Funko Pop that we just created and we sent it off to Bermuda and... He was like, where did you get that? That's amazing. So I think he gave it a thumbs up. <laughs> yes, he's like, you got to get me one. I love that. I need one. So there was no way that we were able to go back in that day. So we're like, all right, we're going to have to find a, a way to go back to the Funko store, get Bermuda one. And, and you know, a couple of our friends like UH Jeff and, and Kenneth Gwynup, we knew would want Funko Pops of Bermuda as well. So more on that as we chronologically go through our adventure. <laughs> Yeah. So another really cool spot on Hollywood Boulevard is there's this really neat record store, music store called Amoeba Records. So we were passing by and we said, well, let's go in there. Check it out. And Dave and I, we are veterans of going to stores looking for Weird Al. He never gets the coverage that other musicians get. There's always a lot of like, do I look in rock pop under Y? Do I look under W? Do I look under Y miscellaneous? Do I look under W miscellaneous? Do I see if there's a comedy section? It, you know, you never know. And it's always a huge pain in the butt. So we did a lot of searching around the store. <laughs> we looked in CDs. We looked in vinyl. We looked in tapes. We looked in books. We like Dave, I think we looked at pretty much everything in the store. Yeah, we spent at least an hour there just going through everything. And we eventually did find that they did have a very small, very small, buried at the bottom of the racks comedy section. And believe it or not, they did not even have a little placard for Weird Al in their comedy section. The only thing we found that was Weird Al was an Eat It generic cover 45 single. <laughs> So we found a few things that Weird Al was also on, but official Weird Al releases, that was it. And it was only like $2, so we bought it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after we checked out Amoeba Records and thoroughly went through their stuff and found out that they're not big fans of Weird Al there. At least they don't carry a lot of his stuff. Or they're so popular and it was sold out. But the fact that there wasn't even a placard kind of bummed me out. (laughs) So, of course... We're on Hollywood Boulevard. We've got some time to pass before we get back down to Weird Al's star to pay our final respects and say goodbye. So we decided to walk up and down the Hollywood Boulevard and look for Weird Al-related stars. Yeah, so there were two in particular that we really wanted to see, and that was Lin-Manuel Miranda's star and Don McLean's star because Al had spoken at both of those ceremonies. So those were the like top priority ones. So before we talk about those, Dave, do you want to just go through just a couple of the other ones we came across? Yeah, in no particular order. I mean, we saw stars from Leslie Nielsen, Jack Black, Stan Freeberg, Spike Jones, Neil Diamond. We saw Ernest Borgnine, Queen, Robert Goulet, Ronald Reagan, Pat Boone, Jamie Lee Curtis, Drew Carey. And Dave, you got to explain this one. Gloria Stewart. <laughs> right. So... We get to the Gloria Stewart star. And for those who don't know, she played the elderly Rose character in the Titanic movie, as well as the Hanson music video, River, the opening and closing sequences. And I'm like, it's Gloria Stewart. We've got to take a picture of her star. It's Weird Al related. And Ethan was like, no, we don't. I'm like, yes, we do. <laughs> it was too much of a stretch for me. Dave, you know, I'm glad that we're we're mentioning it, but I did not waste the pixels on my camera. 
With a glorious I mean, Stewart picture. The, mu- the music video was directed by Weird Al, and Weird Al also starred in the video with Gloria Stewart. I think that counts. I mean, if we're counting, you know, Ronald Reagan and and Robert Goulet and Drew Carey, then I think that she needs to count as well. Well, all right, Dave, we'll, we'll count it. But a couple <laughs> others we saw, Dr. Seuss, of course, Weird Al's rendition of Green Eggs and Ham is uh, quite classic and uh, it's not a halloween unless someone shows you the <laughs> picture of paul rudd dressed as weird al so we saw that one and of course we had to find the great billy party from uhf yeah absolutely and we were tickled to see uh, one of our friends has a star our friend and listener steve allen he has a star <laughs> on the walk of fame not sure what he did to get on there <laughs> and I also saw one for Alfred Newman, and I don't think it's Alfred E. Newman, but <laughs> that's kind of outwardly. If, if we're going to count Gloria Stewart, we're going to count Alfred Newman, Dave, okay? <laughs> all right, all right, I guess so. Uh, the other little side trip we wanted to do, we wanted to stop at the Capitol Records building, which is on Vine Street, right off of Hollywood Boulevard. Just because it's Capitol Records where Weird Al pretty much got his first record deal. Yes, that was really cool to see up close. And somehow, like, right out front, like, the Beatles got their stars right out front of Capitol Records. I don't know how anyone even knows who they are to get that great of a spot. (laughs) All in a line right in front of Capitol Records. I wonder what they did to get that coveted spot. (laughs) So we mentioned the uh, the Lin Manuel Miranda star and the Don McLean star. So the the Lin Manuel Miranda star was very conveniently located right in front of the Hamilton gift shop, which was really funny <laughs> and a great tie. And I don't know if the star was there first or the shop was there first, but someone deserves an award for that placement. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's interesting? The Don McLean star that's not that old of a star. It's it was installed pretty recently but somehow it was one of the dirtiest stars like dirt you know yeah grungy star looking stars on the hollywood boulevard it looked like it had been there for years and never been cleaned yeah it was very not mclean uh (laughs) it was crazy because al star we know is three years old and that looks brand new and don mclean's we it's what three months a couple months old and yeah. it looked like it's been there since the 60s. I don't know. It was very bizarre. Maybe it just <laughs> it had a bad night. Someone vomited on it. I don't know. <laughs> so like we mentioned earlier with the Funko Bermudas, we ended up going back to Funko the next day. We met our friends Javier and Chad, a.k.a. Metal L. And there, the lines get real busy on the weekend. So it was Friday, but Chad got there around 10 a.m. to reserve a spot. And the place isn't open until noon. And we still had to wait maybe an hour or two before we could make them. So we go in. We each make a couple Bermudas. And when we pick them up... Now, I actually wasn't there because they made an, a mistake on, on the billing for my order. So I had to go in. But Dave, what did they say when you guys picked up your Bermuda Pops? <laughs> Right, so you picked up your Bermudas, they handed you four Bermudas, which was the limit, you can only make four figures, and then you they took you off to fix you know their accounting error, and then they bring out the next batch, which of course has more Bermudas in it, and there's a note attached to one of the boxes, and the lady picks it up, she said something along the lines of, oh no, you guys can't make Bermuda Schwartz figures, he's a public figure. <laughs> You guys are banished from making Bermuda Schwartzes, basically. And we're like, 
oh no, do we at least get the ones we made? <laughs> she was nice. She gave us the ones that we had actually already made. They had already put them together, so I guess they figured they might as well give them to us. We already paid for them. But then they pretty much told us that we are banished from ever making Bermuda Schwartz figures again. And I don't know if there's going to be a flag in the system. So sorry, listeners. Good luck if you <laughs> if you try and go. Maybe the Seattle store, the Everett store, will will let you do it. But yeah, maybe maybe wait a couple of weeks before you try to get the Bermuda <laughs> at the uh, Funko store. So that was pretty crazy. But of course, that was the morning to our first show, the Nightmare Before Christmas live to film concert experience. And Dave, we got there and there was so much traffic. Oh, yeah. The real nightmare in the Nightmare Before Christmas Live, the film concert experience, is the traffic getting to the Bank of California Stadium (laughs) and the process you have to go to to actually get into the stadium and then seeing the prices of the food (laughs) that they had and the lack of selection of food that they had. That's the real nightmare. Water was $7, but soda was (laughs) $6. (laughs) So that was kind of weird. We went in and, of course, after we waited in a long line and after we got our vaccination checked, we went through the metal detector, waited in another line. We scan our tickets and they're like, oh, sorry, you guys can't go in the store. You have to go in the south entrance. So we had to walk around this whole stadium, (laughs) wait in another line, get checked for the vaccine again, go through the metal detector (laughs) again, and then wait in line for the ticket again. But luckily we got there in time. And it was Yumi and Javier who who went through that whole mess. We did check out the merch stand, and there was nothing that said Weird Al's name on it. There was some really cool stuff that was Nightmare Before Christmas themed, but nothing that actually said Weird Al. So I ended up passing on getting merchandise. I probably would have if it said Weird Al on it, though. Yeah, and just to add something to that experience of getting in there, once you get into the arena, everything is open. So we actually walked past the entrance that we got banned from going into. So that- <laughs> I tried to block that out of my memory, Dave. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so for this first of the two nights where we got to see The Nightmare Before Christmas Live, the film concert experience, both Ethan and myself, we had seats on the floor, not next to each other, but in the same section on the floor. Yeah, we're maybe 10 rows apart. And it was just solo sitting there. And I was really surprised. So the show started at 8. A little bit before 8, Greg Proops came out and he hosted a costume contest, which was a lot of fun. And the show was supposed to start at 8, but it didn't actually start until 8.30. And once it started, it still was pretty much only half full for a sold out (laughs) show. So I think the traffic just really messed with a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. There were people coming in, at least near where I was sitting, you know, pretty much up to about intermission. There were still people showing up, you know, and taking their seat for the first time. But the show itself was actually really good. It was really well done. I enjoyed it a lot. So the show started with a really fun Disney skeleton cartoon. And then they did a, a nightmare medley with some of the concept art from the film. And then once the actual movie started, the movie would just play, except all of the music was performed on stage. So there was an orchestra, there was a choir, and then whenever there was a song, it was either a member of the ensemble, which featured Greg Proops and a couple other actors and singers. And then when it was a starring role, that's when a celebrity came out. So Danny Elfman was playing Jack Skellington. So we saw him all the time because there's a lot of Jack Skellington songs. 
<laughs> yeah. So some of the other highlights included there was this gigantic Jack Skellington puppet, and it had to be 20 feet tall, and it was like run by two people. It was amazing that the the mouth moved and it it moved like a real person. It was the eyes it was blinked really well it, done. Oh my yeah. God. yeah, that was so cool. So I mean, and so when Danny Elfman comes out, he's dressed like Jack Skellington. He's got the the black suit with the stripes, and it was right before the intermission that we were introduced to Paul Rubens. Yeah, so Paul Rubens reprised his role of Locke from the film, and then Weird Al was introduced to a really good applause Absolutely. as Shock. And then Danny Elfman came out and sang the third part, Barrel, which he had also done in the movie as well. He reprised his role. So it was just the one song that Al sang on Kidnap the Sandy Claws, and Dave, that was absolutely the best song in the show. Not just because <laughs> Al was in it, but that song was stuck in my head. It's still stuck in my head. It's definitely the funniest, most fun song. And I'm really kind of glad that Al ended up with Shock instead of the Locke character. Because I think there's more lines and there's better lines. And he <laughs> absolutely killed it. He did such a great job. Yeah, the three of them put on a great performance for that song. And Catherine O'Hara, she did originate the part, but I'm sorry. Weird Al should go back in time and record it for the film because he was the best shock I've ever seen. <laughs> Do also want to give a little shout out to Ken Page, who reprised his role as Oogie Boogie. And of course, Billie Eilish, who did an amazing song as Sally. Yeah, and... People just went absolutely nuts for Billie Eilish, the same way that Dave and I went absolutely nuts when Weird Al came out. <laughs> the whole place did it for her, and she's a huge star, so it was really cool to get to see her doing a show like this. And She sang one song herself, and then there was like kind of a shorter song near the end right. she sang with Danny. And after the film... It was really great. You know, everyone except for Paul Rubens came out and gave a bow. <laughs> he was missing from that lineup. And as the first encore, Danny Elfman sang the Oogie Boogie song himself, which was, right. was a really interesting take on it. And then there was yet another encore. Oh, this was really cool. I was not expecting this to happen at all. But of course, Danny Elfman, he kind of fronts the group Oingo Boingo. Well, he kind of assembled... Five people from Oingo Boingo, and they did a great, great rendition of their song, Dead Man's Party. And the whole place was standing up and dancing. It was a lot of fun. It was a great encore, a great way to end the show. And one thing that we learned before the show was that our friend and Al's gal, who toured with Al on the Strings Attached tour, Monique Donnelly, was actually in the choir for the show, which was Really awesome. Unfortunately, from my seat, I couldn't see anyone in the choir. <laughs> no. But Monique is a, a great friend of ours, and she was interviewed on episode 91 inch of the podcast. But it was really cool because they played credits for the show after the credits for the film. And we saw Monique listed as a choir member, and we saw Jay Levy listed under special thanks. So that was really cool to see a couple more Al connections in the show. Yeah, definitely. 
And I do want to give a shout out to our friend Mary Alicia and her boyfriend John, who were actually at the show as well. They came down to the floor to say hi to us at intermission. And Mary had this incredible light up spatula city costume. It was pretty stinking majestic. Great job on that costume, Mary. Yeah, that costume was brilliant. She also had a spatula that she completely bedazzled. And it was just, (laughs) it was so cool. It was really great to get to see her. And I don't know if I'd met John before, but it was great to see him or meet him again. And it was really great. And I know there were a few other folks that were also there that we didn't get to see. But of course, after the show, we did meet back up with Javier and we uh, we found Jeff and Adriana and brought them all home in our giant <laughs> boat slash tank. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of Monique Donnelly, the next day, Saturday, October 30th, we actually had lunch at Sun Cafe Organic in Studio City with all three Al's gals. Oh, yeah, it was so great. We got to have lunch with the amazing Lisa Popeil, the incredible Scotty Haskell, now known as Scotty Mitchell, and the amazing Monique Donnelly. Yes, and we've interviewed all three of them on the podcast, so if you're just listening to this episode first for some reason, Lisa was interviewed on episode 37-inch and episode 38-inch, Scotty was interviewed on episode 85-inch, and last but not least, Monique was interviewed on episode 91-inch. It was so great to get to see all three of Al's gals, and it was so nice to catch up with them. And I feel like that they were excited to get together, not just with us, but with themselves together because they hadn't seen each other in a long time either. So there was a lot of reminiscing going all around. We talked a (laughs) bit about the tour. We talked about everything. It was a lot of fun. And it was a great restaurant, that Sun Cafe Organic. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, everything on the menu is vegan. And Dave, you know I'm a vegetarian. Vegan is great with me. I was worried about you. I didn't know if if you would enjoy the (laughs) stuff on the menu because I remember Jackie and I took you to some, like, raw vegan place in Vancouver (laughs) once. And, like, you ordered a carrot and it was – you weren't thrilled by it. (laughs) But you got – a really great meal. Yeah, I got a vegetarian pepperoni pizza. I don't know how they do that, but I got one of those and it was really good and everybody wanted to try some. So everybody tried some and they all agreed it was pretty good. It was really tasty. And, and Dave, I got a vegan Ruben. <laughs> nice. And it was good. It was good. Yeah. And everyone really enjoyed their meals. So after lunch with the gals, Dave and I were wondering what we should do and we decided when in L.A., we need to do more algrimages. So <laughs> and so the first place we went is somewhere I've been wanting to go for so long. So I'm so glad we finally went. Yeah, so there are several places that I had never been to that were Al-related that I thought would be fun, or at least demented music-related. And one of them that you mentioned, the Galemore Building, which is actually the apartment building mentioned in the song Melanie, but not just that. It's also a real apartment building. It's not quite 16 stories or at least 16 stories like in the song. (laughs) It's a little bit shorter than that, but not only does it have that significance with the song, it also is the place where Al had his first apartment. It was really awesome. So we were just excited to be there and to pose in front of the sign, but a delivery person was there with some Chinese food. And so we, you know, followed her into the building. She held the door for us. It was totally legit. Um, (laughs) And um, we knew which 
floor and which room was Al's. So we did go up and we visited his actual apartment door. We didn't go in. We didn't knock. We didn't <laughs> <laughs> I didn't touch the door or anything. We took some pictures. But it was really cool just to get to walk up the steps that Weird Al once walked up. Walked past the laundry room where Weird Al used to wash his patchwork pants and Hawaiian shirts in. It was pretty stinking majestic, Dave. All right, so after we checked out the Galemore building and checked that one off of our list, there was one more place we decided we wanted to go to, which also is featured in a Weird Al song, this song being Craigslist. So if you remember in the song, Al talks about being on a phone call with his mother before ordering a soy decaf hazelnut latte at the Coffee Bean on San Vicente Boulevard. As it turns out, there is a real Coffee Bean on San Vicente Boulevard I've always wanted to go there. Dave, I know you've always wanted to go there. So we went there. Yeah, we went there. And we actually ordered ourselves soy decaf hazelnut lattes while we were there. It's a real thing. You can actually order that. I had no idea. (laughs) And I was very careful. The guy gave me my receipt. All I ordered was the soy decaf hazelnut latte. I'm like, this is perfect for the collection. And Dave, what happened to your receipt? Can you remind me? (laughs) (laughs) So I ordered the same thing and I wasn't sure if I'd like it. I don't really like coffee, to tell you the truth. So I also ordered myself like a cup of chai tea. And, you know, the guy just took my receipt, crumpled it up and threw it in the garbage. (laughs) I was like, um, can I have my receipt? (laughs) So... He fished it out of the garbage, which I thought was very nice. He uncrumpled it. He flattened it out and he handed it. So my receipt's all crumpled and it doesn't just say soy decaf hazelnut latte. So I think Ethan's is the only perfect mint condition (laughs) receipt that just says soy decaf hazelnut latte from the coffee bean on San Vicente Boulevard. Now, the receipt does not say decaf, but the guy was sitting right next to the barista, so he knew what to make. And Dave, while mine has a more authentic printing on it. Yours has authentic trash can molecules from the (laughs) San Vicente coffee bean. So I think they're both ranked pretty high up there on the tier of collecting. Yeah. And just to set the record straight, the barista that we had at the coffee bean was not at all snotty. He was a wonderful person. (laughs) So shout out to you, barista. Yeah. Unfortunately, it would have been better if he was snotty (laughs) (laughs) for the story, of course. So after the coffee bean, we decided to make a demented trip over to the intersection of Pico and Sepulveda. Yeah, for those who are scratching their head wondering what connection that has, the Pico and Sepulveda is the actual theme song that Dr. Demento has been using pretty much from the beginning on his show, The Dr. Demento Show, Pico and Sepulveda. And there is, you know, the... The great story that Al recorded a cover of Pico and Sepulveda and the original tape was in Dr. Demento's car and the car got stolen. And so we'll never get to hear Al's, I'm sure, brilliant cover of Pico and Sepulveda. (laughs) (laughs) And in some great karma, while we were parking to take our pictures over at Pico and Sepulveda, Ethan pulled in unknowingly into parking spot number 27. (laughs) It was amazing. <laughs> so that night we got together with UH Jeff and Javier. Uh, we had a nice pizza dinner. They helped us record one of the secret episodes for our Patreon supporters. And we got to see some pretty stinking, incredibly majestic stuff from Jeff's collection, as well as his pretty stinking, incredible, majestic cat 
Chloe. Yeah, as you might imagine, Jeff's a big collector. He's up at the, up in the upper echelon of Weird Al collectors, and he's got some stuff that really made me jealous. <laughs> he's got some amazing stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always really cool going to Jeff's house and and just seeing the stuff he has, original stuff, one of a kind stuff. It would make your mouth water. We'll have to ask him about some of that stuff on the podcast eventually. The next day was. Sunday, October 31st. It was Halloween. It was the day of our second show. And after all the crazy traffic we hit on Friday, we were determined to get to the venue extra, extra, extra early just so we had (laughs) no issues at all. Yeah, so we left with plenty of time, plenty of time for traffic. And wouldn't you know it, there wasn't any traffic. We got there (laughs) super early. (laughs) Well, and that's because we left so early. So we totally avoided the traffic. It was great. We parked in the same lot we went at the previous show. And in tow, we had Jeff, Nucera, and Adriana, who were dressed up as the twine ball couple from Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota, complete with Mama's homemade rhubarb pie. It was incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And they had little buttons from all the places that they had already been. All the places <laughs> mentioned in the song, they had made up little homemade buttons to put on their Hawaiian shirts. It really went all out with their costume. It was a great costume. So what was really cool about this second show is with the help of UH Jeff and a couple friends, we ended up buying a VIP suite to watch the show. And it was incredible. So we had room for 16 people and we got a couple of our L.A. friends, a couple of our non-L.A. friends like us flew out. And boy, Dave, that was really a great way to watch the show with a bunch of friends and our private booth. That was really cool. Yeah, we had a sweet, sweet It really was a cool, cool adventure. I was so happy, not just because it was a suite and because, you know, it was a lot more relaxed than being on the floor, but also because we got to see so many people and got to hang out and interact with them for like the entire time. You know, we were watching the show together. We were cracking jokes. We had food in the suite ahead of time. It was really cool. And pretty much everybody in the suite was dressed up, you know, for Halloween. So it was a lot of fun just getting (laughs) to hang out with people and check out all their amazing costumes. Yeah, so, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it online. Dave and I, we both dressed up. I was dressed as Al from the Like a Surgeon music video. Yeah, and I was dressed up like Gilligan from Gilligan's (laughs) Island. And yes, it was a Weird Al reference. And yes, it was a podcast reference as well. (laughs) And when it was chilly, I was chill, I guess we could say. Uh, So we already mentioned Jeff and Adriana, but would you believe it, we got to see David Grant from podcast fame, as well as his fiance Stella. Javier was there, who we mentioned before. And then, of course, our beer-tasting aficionado, Joe Jaffa, was there, dressed as <laughs> Weasel Stomper, which was fantastic. <laughs> and the amazing Amanda Cohen was there, and she was dressed up as a fish head, like Barnes & Barnes fish head song. <laughs> our good friends, Allison Parsons, Chad Kelson, and Summer Woods were all dressed as, get this, Weird Al. And then, would you know it, Episode 69-inch guest and future episode 420-inch guest, Jackson Scoggins was there, as well as our friends Helen, Alexis, and Kelly. 
what a great group of people. That was so much fun. Yeah, and Kelly was also dressed up as Weird Al. And Helen, she had this amazing costume. She was Bella, the poodle from the Poodle Hat album. (laughs) And if you remember way back to one of the very early Strings Attached Tour bonus episodes, Jeremy Ween was at one of the Florida shows with you, Dave, and he was actually at the event with his girlfriend. So he somehow was able to get up into the private VIP area. And so he was there hanging out for a few minutes with us. <laughs> and while he was there, he noticed that his friend, Jermaine Fowler, from Coming to America and the sitcom Superior Donuts, was actually sitting in the suite next to us. So got to say hi to Jermaine and was really cool getting to see Jeremy and his girlfriend. All right, so we're not going to get too much into this show because it was the exact same show that we had already seen and, and talked about. But I do want to point out that when Weird Al came out on stage and was introduced, our entire suite just erupted. We were probably <laughs> easily the loudest people in the stadium at that point. I really hope that Weird Al and everyone else on stage heard us because we were loud. <laughs> Dave, I lost my voice. I screamed Weird Al's name so loud. <laughs> like for days after that, I could not talk, but it was worth it. Now, Dave, this is the greatest thing. So we got to see the show. We got to hang out with our friends. We got to sit in this really fun area. That was all we were expecting. So after taking some pictures and saying our goodbyes, we were ready to leave. And as we're leaving, we found ourselves admitted into legitimately the VIP after party. And at first we weren't sure if this was just something they were doing for sweet renters or, or what. But we realized we were in the actual post-show VIP party when none other than Weird Al showed up. Yeah, it was totally unexpected. I don't think anyone was expecting this to happen. But we were just hanging out, you know, chatting, passing time. And all of a sudden, someone's like, hey, look, it's Weird Al. <laughs> so we all went over. We chatted with Weird Al. He was as nice as always. You know, as nice as he could be. And, you know, we did a few group pictures. We asked him a few questions. You know, for one group picture, you know, I saw everyone was taking a group picture. I hopped in and I ended up standing right next to Weird Al. He turns his head. He goes, oh, hi, Dave. <laughs> I thought that was nice. <laughs> and when when we took his solo picture, just Dave and I, he's told us how great the interview came out. So that was really nice of him to say. And there were a lot of people who wanted to see Al. So we didn't have a whole lot of time with him. But it was not just a fluke that Al showed up at this party. This was the legit party. And we actually ended up also getting to say hi to Greg Proops. Yeah, we got to say hello to Greg Proops. This is the first time I had met him. You know, he was pretty impressed that we came out, you know, from the East Coast to, to see. He, took, he was very sweet. He took a picture with me as well. And then, believe it or not, someone actually saw Danny Elfman at the party. And, of course, Danny was mobbed, but he was being really friendly, talking to everybody and posing for pictures. So we went over. We waited in a long line, you know, long time for him. And we got to talk to Danny and get our picture with Danny. And he was also very surprised that we came in from the East Coast just to see these shows. It was awesome. After we met Al and Greg Proops and Danny Elfman, we're, we're starting to wrap up. And I saw this guy and he had the exact same hairstyle as Weird Al. So Adriana started filming and I ran over to him and I was like, Weird Al, Weird Al, I'm your biggest fan. I dressed up like you for Halloween. I have a whole <laughs> podcast about you. Can I get a picture with you? And this guy was so confused. He's like, I'm not Weird Al. What? 
<laughs> but he posed for the photo and was a super good sport about it. And I don't know where you were at that point, Dave, but once I found you, I went back over to the guy and uh, we introduced ourselves. He was super cool. His name was Ryan. His mother-in-law had produced this whole event and she even produced the one that Al was part of for Willy Wonka and he was really fun. Turns out he's in a band with the guy who played McLovin from Superbad. Uh, so it's how random. It was so cool <laughs> meeting him and, and uh, what a great way to end the night. Yeah, what an amazing night full of so much fun times in the suite and so much surprises at the after party. It was a great day, a great Halloween. So after that, we had just one day left before our very, very early flights back home to the East Coast, back home to Burrito Burrito time. And we were very lucky to get to see the wonderful, the incredible Vicky DeVries Rhymes with Cheese. Yeah, we made plans to meet up with Vicky DeVries Rhymes with Cheese at Cantor's Deli, and that place was really good. They had great sandwiches there, and it was so nice to get to catch up with Vicky. We haven't seen her in such a long time. We actually sat at Cantor's Deli for hours. I'm talking hours <laughs> catching up with Vicky. Talking about Weird Al, everything. And I'd only met Vicky one time. That was at the star ceremony. So, I mean, I've been in touch with her since on the phone and, and via email and text message and stuff. But it was really great to get to spend time with her in person. And I also got to have yet another vegan Ruben while I was there, which I did not expect them to have. <laughs> <laughs> and if any of our listeners are anywhere near Cantor's Deli, we actually left a podcast-related surprise. We actually left two podcast-related surprises somewhere in Cantor's Deli. So anyone who visits Cantor's if you find our podcast-related surprise, please snap a picture of it and tweet it to us on Twitter or tag us on Instagram or post it in the group, group.2000inch.com. We'd love to see if anyone can find our podcast-related surprise at Cantor's. After we said our goodbyes with Vicky, we went to our hotel, which is right near the airport, and we just wanted to get to bed because we had to be up so early. I think, what, we woke up at 3.30 Hollywood Star oh. Time, something like that. But this is kind of a, a funny little side story. Our hotel TV had access to Netflix, and whoever was there before us had left themselves logged into their personal account. So we may or may not have changed their profile picture to a chicken, <laughs> and we may or may not have changed their name to hashtag Gill and Chill. So if that person's <laughs> listening, we're kind of sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but are we really no <laughs> okay <laughs> another really fun thing that happened on november 1st was that was the day that al posted his number one best halloween costumes and we saw a bunch of our friends on the list including summer woods kenneth gwinnup joe jaffa andres mike duquette from episode 41 inch and even our friend almond moose cosplay and Dave, you and I were also in the best Weird Al costumes tied for first place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Weird Al shared our picture of Gil and Chill, a.k.a. Gilligan, in a very cold version of the Like a Surgeon outfit that Ethan was wearing. <laughs> and we are extremely honored to be 
first place in the Weird Al costume contest. What a tremendous honor. What a tremendous surprise. And not just the costumes of our friends. There were a lot. All of them were really incredible costumes. So congratulations to everyone. And if you're in there and we didn't mention you or or we didn't see you, please let us know. We'd love to see if more of our friends and listeners made it into the first place of the costume contest. (laughs) All right. Well, finally, the day came. Our trip had to come to an end. And sadly, we had to head home. Well, my flights, there was nothing Weird Al related. But Dave, when you flew out, there was something Weird Al related. Was there something Weird Al related on your way home? Well, there was something podcast related on my way home. Okay. And believe it or not, my pilot's name was Gil. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't yes. think anyone was really named Gil. I thought that was made up from the podcast. <laughs> That's incredible. I didn't catch the co-pilot's name, but I do not believe it was Chill. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> One little tiny Easter egg I wanted to point out is this was not intentional, but where Dave and I stayed for the majority of the trip was just off of Exit 27. And that was just a fun little surprise that we kept getting off on Exit 27 every time we went back to our place. All right, Ethan. So we spent nearly a week in Los Angeles. We talked all about it. It sounded like we both had a lot of fun. But just for the record... Did you have fun, and would you do this whole adventure again? Dave, I would do it again in a heartbeat, although I would change just one thing. Well, it sounds like you had such an amazing trip. I don't know if that possibly that one thing you could change is, but you said you'd change one thing. What would you change, Ethan? I probably would have just flown out a day earlier, so I could have caught that Weird Al thing at Largo. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, it was a completely perfect vacation. It was so much fun. We falled out, we kept our eyes up, and we just had an incredible time. And we drank a lot of soda. We We drank drank a lot of of soda. (laughs) I really think people are going to enjoy those episodes. So to our Patreon supporters... Please enjoy those soda episodes. Please listen to them. We drank so much (laughs) soda for you. Oh, hey, that noise means we have a voicemail on the 347 Spatula Hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of David Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and longtime podcast supporters. All right, it's time to play the message. Frank! Hi, this is Adriana Yugovich, and I'm at the Bank of California Stadium seeing Weird Al perform as Tim Burton tonight, remember, for Christmas Live with Dave, Ethan, and tons of other friends. Everybody! (laughs) Oh, man, Dave, I remember her asking us to say hi. I had no idea what that was for. Well, thank you, Adriana, and everyone in the suite, including us, for that incredible phone call. Even though Weird Al-tober's over, we wanted to let everyone in our Patreon family know that as of Sunday, secret episode number 18, our complete, uninterrupted, and uncensored Weird Al Yankovic interview has been posted for your listening pleasure. And that's not all. As of Monday, secret episode number 19, the first of our four episodes where we review soda from our trip that we just took in Los Angeles, is now live for our Patreon family as well. 
So be sure to head over to patreon.com slash 2000inch and pledge five bucks or more per month to hear all of the secret episodes, including those two new ones, with even more coming soon. Plus, you will also get all the other amazing perks that come with being in our Patreon family. So head on over to patreon.com slash 2000inch to find out more and support Dave and Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast. Uh, Dave, speaking of... I actually had an idea for a secret episode. Oh, yeah? Well, what were you thinking? What if, on a secret episode, we discuss, in great detail, each and every TikTok video of Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SAGP. Wow, that sounds like something Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SHEP would love. And everyone else would probably totally hate it. Totally hate it? Well, why? Because they've already subscribed and obsessively followed Everything Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SHEP posts. Well, everything Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SHEP is fascinating. Well, I agree with that. So head on over to wolfandwool.com and then follow at SEB underscore SHEP on TikTok. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also unequal. According to the year 2000 census, women in Darwin, Minnesota have a median income of 27% less than that of the median income of men. Did you say 27? Woohoo! That's the Weird Al number! So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin more than just a twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each week, Dave and I are able to bring you our podcast absolutely free thanks to our sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant at WolfandWool.com, and Angel Valenzuela and David Cash. And thank you to our amazing close personal friend Patreon supporters, Jake, Javier, UH Jeff, Zeb, Allison, Scott, Blair, Adriana, Frank from the Bank, Kenneth and Jared, and thanks to our newest members of our Patreon family, Tom Dog and Drew, and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch or by picking up some pretty stinking majestic official Dave and Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. There are still a few more episodes of our Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episode series where we sit down with author John Bermuda Schwartz. So get your books ready because our no good intern Frank tells us that he will resume posting those bonus episodes shortly. And meanwhile, if you're already a member of our Patreon family or you're planning on joining, you can listen right now up through bonus episode 8 centimeter. 
Our Patreon family gets to hear all bonus episodes early. And don't you forget it. Dave and I love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. Leave us a message, you know, might even hear it on a future episode. And for everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com and keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast app. Thank you once again to Adriana Yugovich and everyone in the Nightmare Before Christmas suite. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you all for listening to Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And always remember to gill and chill. Oh, oh, I I forgot to mention something important from our L.A. trip, Dave. Hey, no problem, Ethan. There's still plenty of time. Are you sure? I mean, isn't the ending theme song coming soon? No, I'm pretty sure you've still got plenty of time. Are you absolutely positively positive, though? I mean, I feel like as soon as I start saying this important thing, our no-good intern Frank will just fade me out and start the music. Come on, Frank would never do that. Okay, okay, you're right, Dave. All right, Ethan, what is this important information from our L.A. trip that you'd like to share with everybody? Okay, well, so remember we went to the... Frank! Hey! Hey, don't trip me! Frank! Stop that! Stop that, Frank. As I was saying, uh... Oh, crap, I forgot it again. That was David Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 132-inch. The podcast that based a vacation around Weird Al singing for three minutes. That was pretty not stinking majestic.